is looking like it's loading. Yeah, it's got it on my screen. Yeah. Looks like it's good. We're good to go. Don't jinx yourself, gentlemen. All right. We are good to go. Call it. Three, two, one, go. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Last Word on Hockey, Season 1, Episode 15. I'm Jim Berenger, along with Mark Weiss. Coach Jay will be along a little bit. We are joined once again by Alex Chomacy of the Hockey Riders. We're going to review the draft that happened yesterday, first round, and rounds two through seven that took all day today, starting at 1130 and just wrapping <laughs> up a little bit ago. And that's no lie. If you watch the draft like I did, we all did. We were there all day. It felt like it was going forever. But let's kick it off from yesterday. First round, Alex, thanks for coming on again. Let's dissect this. What'd you, what was your big takeaways from the first round NHL draft? Um, so I guess from the devil's end that, you know, they had three picks and they kind of had to hit on all of them, which they did with two, at least, uh, getting Alexander Holtz at seven was uh, pretty legit, even though Marco Rossi was on the board there. And, you know, a lot of devil's fans obviously were in love with Rossi, but no complaints with Holtz. I mean, he's going to be a 30, 30 kind of guy. I mean, his shot is insane. He had the best shot in his class and and they've been talking about, at least Tom Fitzgerald has been talking about wanting to add, you know, players to come and compliment um, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer. And that's exactly what Holtz is. And you could say the same about Dawson Mercer, too. Um, he's not the same kind of upside uh, as Holtz, but he's a pretty good two-way player. He's got a nice shot as well. Really good stick handler. That was one of the things I was impressed with him most. Um, could be a solid second liner down the, down the road. Um, and then there was Shakir Muhammadulin, which I think I'm pronouncing right, who the Devils just decided to take a big swing on with their third pick. Um, it was an interesting pick for sure. They definitely reached. Uh, there's no question about it, but he's off to a really good start in the KHL. He has six points in 14 games. So I think that might have had a little bit of something to do with them taking him in the first round. Maybe that he was one of those players that benefited from the European leagues already getting started. So um, it was a reach, but we could look at that pick maybe a year from now and be like, oh, well, you know what? It wasn't so bad, depending on how he does the rest of the KHL season and at the World Juniors. Yeah, I mean, look, I know as Devils fans, a lot of them you see it on the Twitter, Facebook groups, whatever. They wanted hits at all three. Some people thought, hey, maybe they should have traded – one of their picks, maybe move up, try to get Askarov. I know you and I have both been on the same page with that in the first yeah. round. I don't know if you really needed to take a goalie. Um, he ends up going to Nashville. It's a good pick for them. It's a goalie factory over there. <laughs> um, but do you think do you think the Devils had some offers for one of those later first round picks and they just couldn't move it, and that's why they decided to reach at twenty? Yeah, I think they were probably looking to trade down there and they couldn't get anyone to bite. So they must have really liked Muhammad Doolin. Whatever. I'm just. Don't, don't worry about name, it. I guess. Yeah. Don't worry just, about just it. Just pronounce it differently every time. You'll get it right once at least. Might have to call him Mookie from here on out. But, there you go. Everyone um, gets a nickname. Talking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think they, that was a situation where they tried to trade down and it just didn't work out. So that was the guy they were like, they figured you know, if we don't take him now, he's not going to be there again when we draft in the third round. So they went ahead and took him. Um, so we'll see how 
you know, we'll see how that goes. It was definitely an interesting pick. Definitely the most interesting pick they had of all their picks at the draft. But like you said, Holtz was one half is Stephen Ellis. I think of the hockey news labeled them the terror twins, um, Raymond and Holtz. Uh, those two guys, if you haven't seen tape on either one of those guys video, go to YouTube, just go find a world juniors, those two guys together. If, you know, in the right scenario, if the Devils could have moved up and got both of them, great. But Raymond's going to Detroit, which is, you know, a good place for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lucas Raymond was my favorite player for the Devils at the seventh pick. I thought that there might have been a chance he would have been there, but the Red Wings taking him at fourth. They got a really good player there. Um, there were some interesting picks in that top ten, too. I, was, uh, I wasn't surprised that the, uh, the Sens took uh, Jake Sanderson. Um, just based off stuff I had heard before the draft. Um, I was a little surprised that the Sabres took Jack Quinn. I thought that was a bit of a reach at eight. Um, he's a really good player, but I would have probably been considering him around the top 15, not with the eighth overall pick. And then you touched on Eskarov before going to 11th. That seemed like a good uh, fit for him with the Predators. They, you know, Pecorino is aging and Saros is solid, but not exactly they, like he's clutching the playoffs anyway. So that's true too. Um, we'll say yeah. So Saros, you know, don't look. He's he's good, but you know they need someone else back there. Uh, I don't really know what they got coming up in their pipeline. And after that is when things kind of started getting interesting. Um, I was surprised to see Jacob Perot fall all the way. Uh, was I think twenty eighth to the Ducks, yeah. right? That that was a bit of a surprise. Um. Trying to think who else. The Rangers trading up to get Braden Schneider. I was Good move. Little, yeah, it was. I'm not that big a fan of Schneider. I just think he's like a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy. I, I think he could have honestly been there at 22. I'm not really sure the Devils were going to take him at 20. Um, but um, yeah, there was there was some decent surprises in the first round, but nothing like the, you were like. I think Whoa. the Rangers were in search of a right-handed shot from the point. And I think that's why they, they took him. Might have been a stretch. Maybe he should have gone a little bit later. But I think they wanted a right-handed shot at the point, and maybe that spells the end of uh, Tony D. Yeah, it's possible. I had seen now, just before we uh, signed on here, that Jeff Gordon was talking about how they could possibly move uh, D'Angelo or, Ryan, or Adam Fox uh, to play uh, on their offhand. So going to be interesting to see what their blue line looks like going forward. I don't think Schneider is going to make their team right away, although he's physically, he's at least he's ready for the NHL. He's already a pretty big kid. He's about like 6'2", 210 pounds around there. So um, good. We'll take it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good size for an 18-year-old, that's for sure. That's yeah, a big dude. That's that's yeah. an eight, That's a 22-year-old who's going to be about an inch taller and about 30 pounds heavier. Yeah, so um, solid pick for them. And of course, they got Lafreniere. I mean, yeah. That was chalk. Yeah, you know, there's not much to say there. I mean, the kid's a special prospect. He's going to have an immediate impact for them. Uh, I mean, watching him play on the second line behind Panarin on the first line, they're going to have some pretty lethal offense. I'll, I'll tell you so, the impact he might really have is on a guy named Chris Kreider. Yeah, that's The true. Rangers are not going to pay that dude that kind of money to be a third-line left wing. Yeah, I mean uh, – that could be another situation too, where they look to some, move someone to the opposite wing too. I mean, Panarin's a right-handed player, so maybe they try to play him on the right wing. He plays uh, all over anyway. It's like he's yeah, he's true. never he's never in one spot anyhow. The guy's always moving. 
So. Yeah, it's true. He's like a rover out there. So, yep. um, yeah, Rangers should be a pretty, at least offensively, they should be a pretty scary team next season going forward. Yeah, I, I saw Pete Jensen, NHL, doing fantasy. He put uh, he put um, Lafreniere on the top line next to Zabinijad and keeping Strom and Panarin together. Mm. That's if, you know, Strom stays. So, I mean, look, he's, he's the best player in the draft. Obviously, he goes number one. I think for me, coming from like a devil's perspective, what the expectations, obviously Lafreniere is a different player than, than Jack Hughes was, but the projections are that he's going to have a monster year. Great. I hope he does, but I think fans need to temper expectations when a young kid's coming in to play against men. Yeah, I think with Lafreniere, it's a little bit different than Jack Hughes, though. I mean, he's more physically developed than Hughes. He's already like six to like 190 or something around there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hughes was clearly a little bit too small. And he's not 5'10", 170. Exactly. And, and that's Hughes a gift, to... that number, those numbers. I think yes. he's smaller than that. Yeah, and he seems to have put on weight this offseason, though, based on some of the pictures that have been posted on social media. So we'll see when camps start up here, maybe like the next month or so, what he's looking like then. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect Lafreniere to be like at least a 50, 60 point player as a rookie. I don't think that's unreasonable. No. I think for a number about, one pick, you got to be the, a minimum uh, 60. What about the uh, Winnipeg Jets pick at 10, Cole Perfetti? You like him going there? Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought that the Devils might consider him at seven uh, between Holtz and Rossi. Um, yeah, I thought the Jets, I mean, I don't know if it's a steal, but I mean, it's definitely good value at 10. And Perfetti was the second leading scorer in the CHL. And I mean, he's right behind Rossi in terms of production. So um, yeah, that was a really good pick for them. And he's versatile I and mean, he can play left wing at center. And they've been looking for help down the middle for a while. I don't think he's going to be able to play right away in the NHL, but he's not that far off. So could be seeing him, you know, as a second line center in Winnipeg in the not too distant future. That's a good one, two punch down the middle, especially with, with what we don't know about Brian Little, if he's going to play again. So right, that's deadly with them, Shifley and uh, Perfetti down the middle in Winnipeg. Uh, get back to the Devils for a minute. I know today uh, you were excited about the pick. Uh, Nico Dawes, goaltender, that's a solid move by the Devils. I think everybody was happy with that pick. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, the only – I guess the only concern I would have with him is he didn't really have a great season last year. He was, had like an 893 save percentage, and he was passed over on the draft. But uh, from what I had read, he had really worked on his conditioning, and which was a big problem for him. That was a big reason why he took such a massive jump this year. Uh, by – I think uh, if I'm wrong, you feel free to correct me, but I think he had the highest save percentage in the OHL this year at 924. So um, he's big like Mackenzie Blackwood too. He's six foot four, 200 pounds. He's probably going to have a pretty significant role for Canada at the World Juniors coming up this year too. Um, and everyone knows the Devils' goaltending pipeline is not that great. They have a couple <laughs> of they have a couple of good prospects in Akira Schmidt and Gilles Sen, but uh, I mean Dawes Dawes is definitely the the best of them now and could definitely see him being the one being a Mackenzie Blackwood and a couple of years down the road. So uh, yeah, definitely a good pick for them at 84. I didn't think he was going to still be on the board at that point. So um, yeah, I like the value right there. That's definitely a good thing, especially, you know, like you said, the goaltending prospects for the devil's not the greatest right now. 
I know there was some interesting picks. Um, some teams did some good things uh, over the last couple of days. I know I was noticing on Twitter, like people were talking about how well Carolina drafted LA. Um, yeah. You just fill some, the viewers in on their picks. And if any other teams that made some draft picks stood out to you and like just some winners or, or losers or whatever you want to say. I mean, it's too early to tell really on winners and losers, but teams that made some good picks. Yeah, so definitely the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, they just absolutely murdered everyone at this draft. I mean, again, Seth Jarvis at 13. Then they followed it up with Noel Gundler in the second round. They got Alexander Nikishin um, in the third round, I believe. And then they just took Alexander Passion in the seventh round, which is insane because a lot of prospect rankings had him in the top 100. Um, they Did they also get Zion Nyback? Was that them too? I think, I think it so. was. And if they yeah. did, yeah, so they they really, I mean, they just stocked up on highly skilled players that, you know, somehow fell into their laps at the draft. And, yeah, I mean, you said it's too early for winners and losers, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes could be the clear winner of this draft. I mean, after – obviously, the Rangers deserve a little bit too because if they get Lafreniere, that's in itself a win. But, True. yeah, I mean, the Hurricanes draft was just insane. Uh, Kings getting byfield at two. I know there were some other. Oh, and speaking of the Kings, they traded for the Rangers, um, disgruntled player Anderson. Elias Anderson today. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, trading up a second round pick for that. So, but I mean, what do you think on the trade? And then you know, byfield and any other any of their draft picks going forward as well. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, Elias Anderson obviously didn't work out with the Rangers. Uh. Change of scenery could be good for him. I mean, LA seems to have a thing for really developing their young players, and their farm system is absolutely stacked. So, um, could be good for him. We'll see. I had seen recently that I think he was doing pretty well in Sweden. So, you know, maybe he just needed to get out of the Rangers system and get a fresh start somewhere. As for the the Kings picks at the draft, I mean, yeah, Byfield was he wasn't the first overall best he wasn't the best prospect in this class but he wasn't that far off they got themselves a really good pick I thought they might go with Stutzla there but turns out that was all smoke so Byfield definitely could be a top line center for them once uh, Kopitar is done and then they got Helga I think I'm Helga Grounds or Helga Grounds in the second round which was someone I had liked for the Devils at the 20th pick if they wanted a defenseman uh, that was pretty solid value for them. And they just, I don't know, the Kings just have a knack for adding. They kind of draft the same way the Hurricanes do. They they find talent that drops them, and <laughs> they they take take advantage of it, and that's what they did today. So I thought the Leafs had a really good draft, too, getting Rodian Amiroff at 15, and then they got some good picks later on with uh, William Villeneuve, who's a defenseman from the Q, and then Dmitry Ovichnikov, who's one of my favorite mid to late round picks just a really skilled but smaller russian forward um be interesting to see where he he, uh how he ends up doing um once he gets to the nhl because i definitely think he has potential based on his skill he just needs to add some weight because he's only 160 pounds at five foot ten then i don't i don't know what the columbus blue jackets were doing in that first round um i had yugor chinikov mocked to the New Jersey Devils at 192nd overall. Uh, so when I saw that the Blue Jackets were taking him at 21st overall, I did a double take and I was like, did they actually just do this? And it turns out they did. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. They said they had him on their top ten in their draft board, but I mean, he's a twenty-year-old overager, and he was skipped over the draft, you know, twice before. So that was definitely the most interesting pick of the entire draft. I, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see what they were saying about him in their draft meetings because uh, I would definitely never have guessed he was going in the first round. Yeah, I, I that one surprised me a little bit. I mean, look, before the draft even started yesterday, I mean. Montreal traded Max Domi to Columbus for Josh Anderson. So, I mean, that, that was a little not, I mean, not surprising because then I think Montreal had, they wanted Anderson, but to give up on, on Domi like that, I guess there's some rift going on up there, but yeah, that was a, that was a surprising pick to me uh, for Columbus. Definitely. I know today when the draft first started, I think William Wallander went to Detroit. I'm like, all this team does is find good talent. Yeah, that was another really good pick. I had liked Wallander too for the Devils at twenty. If I he's kind of a bit of a similar, uh, at least in makeup in terms to Muhammad Doolin. Both big guys who can skate really well, and they it seems like they both have offensive upside. But I think Wallander would have been the better choice of the two. But you never know. Like Muhammad Doolin could look like a really good pick a year from now if he keeps going the way he is in the KHL. So we'll see there. Hey, Alex, got a question for you about the draft. Since we're now deep into it, if you compare last year's draft with this one, uh, my personal opinion was that last year was a little more top-heavy. But overall, how do you compare the two drafts, at least going to where we're at about the seventh round by right now? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think last year was more of a top-heavy class. That first round last year was really, really good. Even after Jack Hughes, there was a lot of high-end talent. This class had a lot of high-end talent in the first round, too, but there was a lot more depth when you got into the later rounds. Like like a guy like Samuel Canasco, who went to the Blue Jackets, I think, in like the third round. I mean, Alexander Passion going to the this Hurricanes in the seventh round is insane. I mean, I would have never have guessed that. Then even was like some of the Devils' later picks, I and mean, you're getting like a legit goaltending prospect in Nico Dawes in the third round. They got Yarmir Pitlick in the fourth round, I believe. Um, yeah, I think it was just overall, if you kept going into the later rounds, you could find prospects who have legit NHL uh, potential, and which I don't think was the case as much in 2019. This year was definitely one of the d- deepest drafts in recent memory. I think last year just had a, a battle cry, which was lose for use, is what everyone was saying yeah. last year. And so this year, I mean, uh, this kid might be better than him, but it, it didn't have that. I, I don't think anybody was really playing for it. And I know there's probably a lot of people in, in Detroit and Windsor, Ontario, who are a little sore that they wound up number four. And New York, which was in the qualifier, winds up getting that overall number one pick. Yeah, what I mean, it, it was it, – yeah, it's such a – yeah, it was such a weird, like, the whole thing has just been weird. They messed with up COVID the whole draft too. process. Yeah, they should never have done that lottery. Uh, they should have just waited until the, the play-in round was over. That, that was a mistake Five on their days. end. Five days yeah. is all they had to wait. Yeah, it. they wanted to do it, I guess, because there was nothing going on with the NHL, and they wanted to get something going with, like, TV ratings, I guess. But – yeah, they, they could, should have just waited until that 24 team round was over and then you do a lottery like what the NBA is going to be doing with their draft lottery. So, yeah, it was definitely a mistake on their part. Um, but, I mean, the Rangers still would have had a chance to get it. I mean, if right. they didn't advance. So. Right, but it just, uh, it just looked yeah. ugly that it went to a team that was in the qualifier. I think that was the problem. 
you know, they, 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 the NHL finds a way to kind of shoot itself in the foot public relations wise with a lot of things, you know, so it kind of is what it is, even though as Jim and I both agree, the, the playoff tournament was excellent. Uh, some of the best hockey I've ever seen. I've seen people complaining all over Facebook and social media saying garbage. Like it was like watching pickup games. I'm like, did, did you people watch what I watched? I thought it was darn good. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I didn't, yeah, I had my doubts about the bubble and how it was going to turn out. Um, but they did a really, really good job pulling it they off did. In, in Toronto and Edmonton. And I agree with you hundred percent. I thought the quality of play was really good. Even going into the Stanley cup, there was, that was a good, I mean, it was a good series, even though it was only six games. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, like when I see stuff like that on social media, I just kind of remind myself, I'm like, this is yeah. Social media. It's not real life. So like, now, not to be fair, a lot of it was coming from guys who are beer league players and those guys have absolutely no clue what it, what it's like to be on that NHL level. They, they just kind of think they do, but they, they have no idea but they played high yeah. school at best. <laughs> yeah exactly so no yeah I'm, I'm with you 100% of that I thought they did a great job with the bubble and you know I was at first I was like just cancel the season and just get started in October normally but the, it went a lot better than I thought oh, so yeah I, no complaints I, on my end I, I think if they if you asked them in the beginning what how you would diagram it and how it should end and what they were expecting they got they would have to, they would have gotten more than what what they expected what was it 40,000 tests Jimmy 43,000 COVID yeah, something like that. Negative. The number is like 43,000, zero negative. positives. Though, though, Bill Daly did say the other day on TSN radio that there were some positive tests inside the bubble, not player or NHL staff related, but like hotel staff. Yeah. COVID. That's, the NHL can't do anything away, about that. Yeah. yeah but they were kept away from the players. And, but other than that, everybody NHL wise was clean they outside of now coming out of the bubble with mcdavid getting announced that he has COVID 19 um but i mean heck of a job to the, the nhl for getting it done pulling it off what they did the two cities the limited travel just condensing it and making it work and and just getting the players once they started rolling they're like all right let's just get out of here and get it done with and great good final good playoffs can't ask for anything more the way they figured it out. And hopefully we get to see some hockey starting, you know, Jan one, maybe a little later. I, I looked at it this way. Nobody's going to complain about being sequestered in a bubble. If you're still alive and playing for the Stanley cup, the only time you'd hear someone complain is if they were still playing the regular season and a team was like playing out the string and like, why am I here? But everybody knew why the way that they were there. And the best way to get out of the bubble was to, either win or to lose and nobody wanted the lose option. So I think it was good. And the key thing now is like, when's the starting start going to be, everyone seems to think January 1st, it's going to be the start because December 1st, it looks like the players union is going to put the kibosh on it. Yeah. That's the way it looks like right now. And you know, they Sad. do need, a little, they do need a little bit of an off season here. I mean, I, last time do I they really, they, I mean, because if you think about it, they had three and a half months off. And the teams, uh, by, after the first two weeks, most of the league was back home already. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's just like, I, I'm not necessarily sure it's really about the players. I think it's more about organizations kind of needing to do personnel moves and stuff like that. I mean, it'd be a pretty tight uh, window if you're 
you're doing the draft and free agency this week and then like you're starting your regular season December 1st. Yeah. So I think it has a little bit yeah. to do with that. I think it's got that's a lot a to do with being able to put out. fannies in the seats. That's what I that, think it has to yes, do with that, that also. I think at, they want to be able to go. They're not going to start next season with fans in January. It's just not possible, but I'm, but I'm sure they want to take steps to, you know, be at like at one point we'll be like, okay, 25%. And then here, okay, we can do 50% and such on. Well, well I think point. they want to look at the at what's going on with the NFL model, like and and at Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball sold 15,000 tickets for the World Series, so they're going to try to right? see how they can spend them out. Yeah, they're going to see how how they can spread people out, how they can get them in and out, how they can keep them safe and not on top of each other, because let's face it. If you sell 15,000 seats for a baseball game in a 50,000 or 45,000 seat stadium, you can sell probably about eight to 9,000 in an NHL arena. And those will be your top dollar people. So those are the people with the deep pockets. They will pay the extra money and the luxury box people. Well, that's, you know, you're bringing your own box anyway. So that's your own friends, your own family. I, I think that it's the, it's the regular fan who's going to get, you know, squeezed out of it. But in reality, like if you look at Madison Square Garden, we, the regular fan, have been squeezed out for decades. They don't go anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, I, I go I go when somebody says, oh, they stink here. Take my tickets. That's the <laughs> that that's the only time I've gone in tw- in the last I've gone once in the last 12 years. I've seen the Rangers on the road about 20 times once in the garden. And of course, yeah, less to see them on the road. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, Madison Square Garden is even if you try to go to a Knicks game, the Knicks haven't been any good for any <laughs> They haven't been they good haven't in been your good lifetime. In, yeah, in your yeah, lifetime, no. Alex, they haven't been good. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the last time they were good was when I was like nine years old. So yeah, it's been a long time to like. <laughs> but yeah, you still can't get into the next game, even though like they just they haven't been good because people won't from give up their of, tickets. <laughs> that that too, and then like people from out of New York City who are tourists, they just the want to go to Madison Square Garden, you know, because it's Madison Square Garden. It's weird because I, I looked at the secondary market. Like I wanted to buy. We I bought Islander tickets, so Islanders star. Stars back in, correct me if I'm wrong, might have been end of February, went with my friend Ron and a bunch of other guys. We bought the tickets online for like, for like StubHub for like 12 bucks, eight bucks, something like that to see them in Brooklyn. And the Islanders, you know, were a decent team. It wasn't like you were looking at a terrible team and I was able to pay that kind of money. And then I wanted to buy a, buy Nick tickets because I haven't seen a Nick game in God knows how long I want to see what the garden looked like at that point. And on the secondary StubHub market, the cheapest Nick ticket was like 50 bucks. I'm like, for yeah, that garbage? Like, yeah, they have ridiculous. to have been inflating the market. Because yeah, for yeah. the Knicks, pay for on. that? Come on, for the Knicks? No, not for no, the Knicks. come on. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me 50 bucks to watch them, let alone no. let alone pay 50 bucks. And, and they haven't been relevant since I didn't have gray hair in my beard. So you're saying, <laughs> so they haven't been relevant since 99? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they haven't been relative since I had good two good skating legs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but yeah no it'll be interesting because there's some reports out there about you know players being asked to be prepared to come back like november 15th which makes sense yep. you know maybe get a longer training camp than normal especially for the teams that have we quarantine well plus they're gonna have to, gonna have to quarantine for two weeks before they go back Buffalo. to playing all those teams haven't played so you got like nine teams that haven't played in like nine ten months so they're gonna need some time to get ready Agreed. Yeah, I would think that maybe the, the teams that weren't included in the return to play might have like a small kind of like round robin-ish kind of tournament That'd just to, you know, get, yeah, get their legs because, yeah, I mean, 
you don't want to go almost a full year without having played regular season games. There's only so much preseason games can do for you too. So I think if those teams got some exhibition like tournament going, just a light thing, probably be good for them. So that that's yeah. what my suggestion was when they did the round robin for the for those eight teams that uh, that that were getting the buys during the preliminary round. I said, yeah. why not do a round robin with the teams that are already out of it and let them play for draft position? Yeah, that would have been a pretty uh, it would have been a unique way to do the draft lottery, too. I mean, everything about this has been so different. So, like, yeah, why not? That would have been pretty cool to see. Uh, I'm thinking know. I'm a Devils fan. I'm tuning in to watch it. If they actually play and win, they get a better chance of bumping up in the lottery, not losing, make it a win thing, not a lose thing. Yeah, no, that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. It's a, I like Jimmy, that Jimmy can ver- verify. <laughs> that was my suggestion. And I suggested the 2014 tournament before it happened. He did. He did suggest that. I liked both suggestions because then that means the devil's game meant something and the way they were playing, they might actually won that tournament. So you guys were playing actually- very well the last month you were. Got some good uh, goaltending from McKenzie too. Yeah, they were they were definitely looking a little sharper. So so before we wrap this up and move on to the next segment, because I know Alex, you got some things to do uh, tonight. Uh, just your thoughts, real quick. Kyle Palmieri staying, going. What what's your what's your feel on it? I don't think he's going anywhere soon. But I if they go into, I don't think they want that situation unresolved going into next season. I think they either, they want to have him signed to an extension and if it doesn't work, they're going to want to trade him before next season starts. I think they're going to trade him because by the time an extension kicks in, he'll be 30 years old and he just plays like a physical style that doesn't necessarily start to go down. Exactly. And I think that decline when he hits, you know, 32, 33 years old could be pretty, pretty significant so and he has good value right now he's still a really good player he could get you you know 25 goals and 25 assists a season they could probably get something pretty valuable in return for him um so i think eventually they end up trading him but it might take a few weeks i don't think it's going to happen anytime soon gotcha all right there so you have it. just to just to have it just to settle the devil fans down because i know that's been a hot topic debate about palmary if he's going if he's staying i know i've had it with a lot of people uh but you know, it's been a fun couple of days, free agency. We got Friday, but I know your thing was the draft. I, uh, Alex, again, thanks for coming on. I know kind of short notice with everything, but we appreciate yeah, no. you coming on and talking NHL draft. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Alex. All right, man. Yep. Have a good Thank night, you buddy. guys. Yep. Good Take night. care. So now we got to bring the coach we on. got to bring Coach Jay in. Coach Jay, we're bringing him on board. Let's, let's see if he has technical Jay. difficulties. No, Please Coach Jay's coming on. I there see him. We're I had him in the talking. waiting room. I had him queued so up in the waiting room. He was in the green room. He was am in I the green room. Well, we, we can hear you. We can hear you, but we just can't see you. Where am I? I don't know where you are. Bring your Shana Punam on. We want to look at you. <laughs> you really want to do that? Yeah, let's see the shame, Coach Jay. We're well, still we going to get your video. Season one, episode 15. We're going to move over a little bit now. We're going to talk some free agency frenzy because we're coming up Jay, hit your video on. Hey. 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 There is the monster. But as we said, as before, we just got done with Alex Chomacy, the hockey writers. We're talking NHL draft reviewing it. What happened? Now we're going to kick it over free agency frenzy, which is Friday. Got a lot of- What you got for us? I got. What you got? I got, got some scenarios here. All right, let's go. Some scenarios, but 
like I said last week on the show, when Lundquist was bought out, I told you the top destination was Washington. It's going to happen. It'll be announced Friday. It's going to be a one-year deal to go play with the Capitals. That's a done deal as it stands right now. Gentlemen, that's, your That's thoughts. Marty Brodeur version two in St. Louis is what you're going to see with, uh, with the King in Washington. Okay. To, to Lundquist signing with Washington, as we know what rival, rivalries are, let's put it this way. Murray got traded from Pittsburgh to Ottawa. So now there's Jari signed for a three-year deal. How about Hopi back up Jari crossing that uh, rivalry line? I, I'm just saying what would be cool. If Lundquist I mean, is going to... I could see it. I, I could say, see it. I could see it. I could see it. It's not like it's not a reasonable um, thing there. The thing for me is the term and the cost because they have DeSmith, who's cheap. They have Murray, they just signed. There not are cheap. rumblings that the move today for Murray opened the door for a potential return of Marc-Andre Fleury back to Pittsburgh. Mm. Who, by the way, has been trying to – who, by the way, Bill Guerin, the general manager of Minnesota, who just traded for Nick Benito, a former Penguin, is trying to reunite in Minnesota. He's trying to get some of his Pittsburgh guys up to Minnesota. But Murray – I mean, Flurry controls all the cards in this one. Well, we know for sure that yeah. uh, Vegas wants, wants to get him out in the worst way because they just up for five years with Robin and – there ain't no way they want Flory sitting there being, you know, having his agent post pictures of him getting daggers in his back. They got to move him. They got to move him quick. And there's, there's a lot of money though there. He's not cheap, but uh, Jimmy, I like your idea about Pittsburgh because certainly it's like the prodigal son returning. Right. I mean, he was a fan favorite there. Sure. It was a tough decision for them to get rid of him. Rings. To, to, for, to have him go to Vegas. I know they didn't want to do it, but they had no choice really. Um, but for me, it makes sense. I've been told about it. So, it, you know, it, the pieces kind of are in place. The Stanley Cup champs. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup champs for a minute. Thank you for the segue on that. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup champs for a minute. They got a clear cap space. Who's going? Tyler Johnson seems like he's going to be on the move. Alex Kalorn, he's another guy. What about if they try to move a guy like that that has a no-trade clause, like a guy like Andre Palat? Because they got to sign Sergeyev, they got to sign Sorelli. Those guys are going to get qualified. They're going to get contracts out there right now. Steven Stamkos' name came out. It wasn't on a, um, a list of guys that weren't untouchable. I don't see them moving him. He's a captain. He was there for the cup. But we've seen stranger things happen in the National Hockey League. Well, I got the question for you guys. What's the reality of Stamkos' health? Because – I mean, that guy missed all but three shifts of the play playoffs. And to be honest, if he's not healthy, he's sucking up a lot of money from Tampa that they can spend elsewhere. And as we all know, it's tough to win the cup. It's even tougher to repeat winning it when you're a marked team, especially where they're going to get the short end of the stick when it comes to rest between now and the start of the next season. So my question to you guys is, you know, is he going to be healthy and can you move him? Do you want to? Um, okay. It depends if 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 a team can take some if Tampa is able to retain they got a split you know some of the money yeah that that could work 
But again, Stamkos controls all the cards in that. He has got a full no trade. So it's not like he's going to be going anywhere. I mean, I know Stevie Y might try to grab him, put him back up in Detroit. But I don't think – I don't see him leaving that's, Tampa Bay. That's not a good move for him to go to Detroit, though, because no. he's a win-now kind of guy at this age. And to go sit in Detroit to rebuild for at least four years, uh-uh. Right. No. No, no. I see Johnson maybe going to the, the Devils. Tyler Johnson. Like, Abelcade has been, you know – Bought out, like, yeah. Like that, going to the – you know, I could see the Devils, you know – signing those kind of guys. The problem is with Johnson trading for him is like, what can you give up for him? I know Tampa Bay wants like a first round pick for him, but he's not that valuable more. And to carry that five north of $5 million cap hit, it, no. it's just not, it's just not there. Um, yeah. So he's a third round at, pick at best. Third round pick at best. Same with like Kalorn. And, you know, as Brian Brooks has said, like numerous times have I been listening to him, these guys that have no trade clauses or modified certain teams I'll tell you right now, he says all the Canadian teams are always on these no trade lists that they don't want to go to. Um, I'm not saying New Jersey's on that list. They're probably not, but there's some of them might be, they don't want to go there. Um, but you know, again, it's all speculation. We really don't know what's going on. Uh, what we do know is there's free agency going to start big questions around Taylor hall, Alice Petrangelo, where are these guys going to go? Especially Max Domi signed a new deal to in Columbus after being traded. That'll make him a UFA in two years. Just so much movement going on. Just yeah. Pugliarvi re-signed in Edmonton. So he would have been a trouble case there, former draft pick. So, you know, a lot of movement. Petrangelo Hall, again, it's just it's crazy right now. And with a lot of players not getting qualifying offers, the flat – 81 5 cap is coming into a be a factor, yeah. It makes it, it impossible. And it's not going up. I have another goalie scenario, like a like a like a, like a soap opera that could happen. Demko looks like he put Markstrom out of Vancouver. You know where I could see Markstrom? Calgary. Mike Smith is the oldest goalie, they can't run, they, they can't run with him, can't and you have Talbot. Markstrom signing with Calgary, that Vancouver-Calgary rivalry would be amazing. That's no. just, that like the old you know, Smythe division? <laughs> yeah, the old Smythe division. I mean, that's a possibility. Calgary's going to make a push. You know, Detroit's going to make a push for a goaltender. Buffalo's going to make a push for a goaltender. Ottawa's found their goaltender in Matt Murray yep. now. Um, so, And Ottawa's doing things the right way. You know, getting a young team together. They're going to be good in a couple of years again. Um, strange. I want to get your thoughts on this one. Jay, you and I were having a Facebook thing going on with this one. Devin Dubnik to San Jose. I, mm. I don't I don't like that combination there. Why? No. He's, why not a, he's like a one. He's like that 1A, 1B thing again. It's like you really didn't get a goalie that's going to be able to, like, carry you. You're going to have to split the starts between – him and Jones, and like we were saying, Jones, these last couple of years, they basically, you know, they let their window close on them with a second-tier goalie. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's it's so it's so crazy this goalie market right now. And like we said, I mean, Lundqvist will be off the market, but there's just so many guys out there, and there's going to be so. 
And the big thing is like the free agency. It's like the mid tier guys are going to be the ones that get squeezed out. You know, the top guys are going to get their money. Where, oh, yeah. where do you think, where do you think Hall and like Petrangelo go? Um, I see Hall. Don't be surprised by Philadelphia. For some reason, the Flyers are that tricky team. And I could see him fitting in. They're right in there. In that kind of system. You know, Pantangelo, let's get scared with the Shattenkirk. How many guys are coming out of St. Louis and don't fit and play the way they did in St. Louis and get caught in these big contracts? I don't know if anyone's going to – someone's going to give them something. Um, maybe the Kings? Um, I mean, I know Kings have all- made some moves. Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams are um, going to be pushing. I think St. I personally, I think he stays in St. Louis after he tests the market. I just think that's just a fit for him. I do. I think he's going to stay there. I think St. Yeah. Louis looks at this year as an aberration, and they they think they still have a team to win next year. So they're not going to go breaking up the boys, so to speak. And I think Philly's an interesting team because I, I a lot of people feel like Philly was fool's gold by winning that round robin and made them look better than they really were and. You know, you know what we saw them do against the Islanders in the playoffs. So well, we saw what they did against Montreal in the playoffs. They really, theoretically, if it's not for Carter Hart, bully. the Canadians are taking them out. Yeah, they they yeah. they they were they 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 bullied them with a better goal with with not a better goalie, but a goalie who had the, a little bit better team around them. But that was still Montreal. I mean, they, they, Montreal, no one was picking them to go to the Cup in the first place. No. So they were supposed to win that series, you know. And they didn't exactly solve Gary Price, you know. They just outlasted him. Very true. Very true. I mean, you know, a guy that another a guy that could fit with Montreal and again spitballing here, but he had some success there before he got traded to Washington. Guy like Kovalchuk. Yeah, he could go back. Go back cheap. It'll be cheap. In Washington. cheap. They're not going to have to pay a lot for him. They don't have a no, lot of very- cap room space. Petrie, they just signed. I mean, they got some big contracts. Well, that's why yeah, they got they rid of still, Domi, but too. But they still have money. They still have a lot of money they can spend through the cap. It's not like they're up against it like Vegas. Um, teams like that, like Tampa Bay. Vegas is literally right at it. They have zero dollars to the cap if you look at cap friendly. Um, but, you know, I've heard Hall wants to go to a winner. So Colorado out there. That's where um, I think he's going. I think that's where he's going to on a short deal because they, they're in win now mode. Um, he, he's looking at a one-year redemption deal in Colorado. And then, you know, he comes out of that place, you know, being the second scoring option. So he's going to score a ton. That guy does I mean, well in those situations and then I he'll mean, get I've big heard, money. I've heard Montreal is trying to go after him, but we'll see. You, you just said it before. These guys don't want to go to these Canadian teams. And the reason is because they're taking a 60% hit to their money all right off the top to pay taxes. And so they don't exactly. want to go there. And I think the league needs to address this. I think the need, the league needs to do two things. Make sure the guys who play in Canada have the option to be paid in U S currency, not in Canadian. If they, if, if they so choose and also pay them maybe out of the, out of the, don't pay them out of the city where they're playing, pay them out of the league office because paying them out of these Canadian cities is just pricing them out of the market. The Canadian teams can't pay for these guys and when, and they have to overpay. And when they do that, they're up against the cap big time. And I think that's why you have not seen a Canadian team win a cup since when the Canadians won in 93. Yeah. 93. Yeah. Then you'd have to take away from Tampa Bay and Vegas with their advantage 
they they have a huge state. advantage because there's no state tax in those states. Yeah. So then you would almost have to go across the board for the Canadian teams and take the advantage away from from them and make it a you know fair. This is the way I look at it. The whole purpose of the salary cap is to level the playing field. Everyone's playing evenly, but they're not because of the Canadian U.S. currency exchange and the taxation issue up over there. They've got to address it because there's only so long before the Canadian fans and the and the Leaf fans are, are just not going to just take their hands up and go, you know, we have no shot at this because we can't compete. And then right, that's exactly. not good for the game. Exactly. It's not good for the game at all. Not. And you, there, there has to be a way to level things because, again, you play in Toronto, 60% of your pay is gone already. Meanwhile, gone. in Tampa Bay or Vegas, you got no state tax, so you just want to go play there because there's no state tax. And it's great. Too. But, I mean, look, out of the guys, so we had guys that were bought out, like Tourist is going to get bought out. Abdicator's right. been bought out. Call wow. Elsner's been bought out. There's probably other guys out there as well getting bought out. A lot of guys didn't receive qualifying offers. Again, it's because of the cap. Do you see a guy like Turris getting picked up cheap someplace? Cheap, cheap, cheap. Very devils. Cheap. Devils, devils, yeah. You can see devils the devils revamping just by picking these guys up, giving them those yeah. one, two-year deals. I mean, I it's, not a, bad, it's not a bad way to do it. These guys are talented. But then, you know, I mean, you see destinations like them. Uh, oh. Here, Colorado, Grubauer, isn't wasn't the answer. If they could somehow, they're going to probably go for another goalie. So, I mean, you know what's going to make it hard is that with the Seattle draft coming up and you can only protect one goalie, I don't see Trade any of these goalies really getting long-term, long-term deals because they're going to have to, you know, one goalie is going to have to go. next. Especially you know, if you – Especially if you have a good young goalie in the system that you don't want to give up. I feel like everyone has that's that guy. That's the issue. <laughs> that's where Gorgiev, see how the, the Rangers drafted two goalies today? I mean, yeah, Gorgiev, if, if Gorgiev will be gone, probably. I mean, they have to expose. They're not going to do Shershkin. So now you no, got the no. guy Wall, Hurt, no. um, Huskin, you know, ready to come up. I mean, all these teams with the Seattle draft and the flat, it's a bad, it's just going to be bad. A lot of these players are going to be unemployed. They're not going to be NHL players. A lot of these free agents, it's almost like baseball going to be pushed out. because It's collusion. It guys, I believe it's collusion. I really do because the owners are, they'll like Jimmy said, they're going to pay for the top guys because they're the top guys and the bottom guys. Well, people are going to pick them up because they cost nothing. It's those middle tier guys who are above average, who deserve a payday and played for it are not going to get it because nobody wants to spend cap space. Uh, the, the day of giving a, a mid to a mid to above average guy, you know, a three or four year deal for some decent money is gone because it kills you in the cap. The cap is restrictive. That's why baseball's got a better, we got a better way of doing it. The Yankees can compete because they can spend more money. They just have to pay money into the luxury tax. And I think exactly. that's fair. And, and exactly. hockey is just so restrictive. It just, it, it, it prevents these teams from staying together long. And let's face it, fans love that dynasty team, that winning team. You know, that creates interest in any sport because people love to either jump on the bandwagon and root for them or jump on the bandwagon and root for them to lose. And parity where you get different winner every single year is good for that one team that has that year where they're hot, but it doesn't do well for a league and for television revenue. It never has in any sport. Never. Never. No, never has. Never will. Never has. 
Nope. But, you know, exactly. So, you know, it's just going to be crazy. Things kick off. There's no – and there's no grace period now where, like, guys can be talking anything. No. It happens 12 p.m. Calls are going to be making. Action's <laughs> going to be quick. Don't expect some of the top guys, like, in the past to come off the board right away. Could be to the weekend. Could be into next week. Guys got to figure it out where they want to go, what they want to do. There obviously will be some that'll come off the board right away. Like we've seen some teams that have their own free agents get new deals right now, but the action is going to be hot and heavy starting at 12, maybe a little bit before could see some more trades. This is going to be a crazy day on crazy. Friday. And you know, last word on hockey is going to have it all. Mad radio is going to have it all. I'll have the picks everywhere. It's just going to be a fun day. Coach Jay, what do you got? I just want to make one prediction because of the Dubinick thing. Hopey winds up in Minnesota. I think mm. it's a perfect situation for him. He could restart, you know, he won't have to sign for much because his, his stats have been down. He's going to a team that's playoff ready. I think he winds up. That's just a guess. I think Hopey is a good fit in Minnesota. I, I think you're right. With the way he signed the goalies, Dubnik's gone. They're going for the playoffs. Garen is a, you know, if he can get Flurry, I mean, so it's Flurry in Minnesota. No, and Hopi possibly maybe with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm stopping there. This is fun stuff. I love this stuff. Uh, and I, and I'll tell you, lose, right? you, you weren't on. We were talking before. We kind of segued a little bit into it. We pulled it back. But the Rangers draft makes it really interesting because we all knew who was going number one. And that means that uh, Chris Kreider, who is now going to be the third line left wing, and they ain't paying him that kind of money to be the third line left winger. And if they loved him so much, he'd have been wearing a C on his chest for a long yeah. time already. I think he gets shopped. And I think they also took a, a defenseman, a righty shot for the point later in the first round. That might mean that Tony D is not getting re-signed so they can put this kid in there as the righty shot on the point. I think those are two moves that are going to open things up for the Rangers there for more cap. Oh, open up more caps. For, like more Jim cap was space. saying. Jim was, yeah, Jim exactly. was talking about Kreider, So Look, somebody, yeah, somebody – Somebody told me about that. They said, watch out for Kreider and his contract. I'm telling you. You know what? I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised that they did it. So like I said, third line left winger. Again, they didn't know that they were going to get the number one pick in the draft. But now, all right, he's going to be on your third line. I don't nope. know. Jimmy, 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 if they love the kid, and the kid, he's, what, pushing 30 now. If they loved him so much, that guy would have been wearing the C the last two years. They don't love him that much. That C has been available. They didn't give it to him. They signed that deal because the with him what was in the middle of the season because the fans were like saying things and plus there's only there were only three guys left from that team that went no, to the cup he final. No, he signed he signed that deal a day before the trade deadline. Yeah, they thought we we thought he was getting dealt and and we were actually looking forward to it. Yeah, the team wasn't going they gave any place. Him what, six years or seven. Six. They gave six him six years. or seven. I know they gave they him like gave the a year. That they gave him a six-year deal. They paid him a lot of money. Now the question is, if they want to move him, who's going to take it? And how much do they have to eat? Well, how much do they have to eat to get rid of it? Well, they're already paying $13 million in buyout money. So so what's uh, another five, four, four million this year or whatever? Yeah, but they're not – first of all, they're not going to buy him out. But if they have to retain some money, they will. They'll, they'll probably eat, you know, like a quarter of the contract. But the reality of it is there's going to be a team – three or four months into the season before the trade deadline 
who loses a top-line scoring forward, and they think that that guy is going to be the fit. And you know what? He will be the fit in the short term because when that guy wants to play hard, he can skate his rear end off. He He's an exciting player, but he doesn't always get motivated. And when he's not motivated, you don't hear his name mentioned. I've sat there and watched games where I'm just like, is, K- is Kreider alive? Yeah. Let me look on the milk right. carton. Maybe I can find him. Right. <laughs> you're exactly. absolutely right. All right, guys. So – what, what do we have on tap for next week? Because I know now we're in the silly season. We're in the off season, So we don't have games to talk about. So what are we thinking next week so we can give the fans a little preview? So Free agent signings that happen, right? We, sure well, there. That. we can do that. However, I have locked up Colby Cohen, former NHLer for the Philadelphia Flyers, to come on the show next week. Nice. So Colby nice. will be joining us next week to talk. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, NHL free agency, <laughs> all the fun stuff uh, around surrounding that team. He called some games this year in the playoffs. So I'll get Kobe's perspective on what's going on. Maybe dive into some rumors with him if Line A hasn't been traded to the Flyers yet because that's a big kind of thing right there. Uh, the reports on yeah, Madness, yeah. retirement, how that affects the Flyers. Um, and, you know, just the J- Justin Braun deal. So, you know, Colby Cohen will be our guest next week. I'm working on something. Hockey, so it's going to be a fun show. Uh, can't thank Alex Chavacy enough from the Hockey Riders coming on Talk Draft. We, thank you, Alex. Uh, thank you again, Alex. Um, we teed up the free agency. Maybe we'll do a quick thing this weekend, review what happened, and uh, be back at it on Wednesday. I'm 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 working on a, on on a guest, and we all know who I'm, what I'm working yes, on. But I don't want to I don't want to put working. it out there, but I'm just gonna say that uh, I used to skate on the same defensive pair with his dad, so maybe that's got a little bit of a uh, little cloud over here. <laughs> that's a tease for those tease. who are not in the industry. That's a total tease. That's if a they total look at my tease. page, they'll know what I'm talking about, but I'm not putting it out there because then I'm gonna then they'll <laughs> fight me. Right. So we got a lot on tap. Plus, we're gonna try to with. After a few weeks down the road, we're going to try to talk with Daryl Evans, L.A. Kings, try to book some more guests uh, just to have some fun leading into the next season. And, you know, this is what we're here for. Thanks for everybody joining us tonight. Last one on hockey, season one, episode 15, draft and free agency. And we'll be back soon. Take it easy. Take care, Take care people.